this morning that your name is above every name, that every name that is lesser than you has to bow, God. We thank you that every stronghold is broken in the name of Jesus. We thank you that your name is, is above all things, God. We make you a big God in our life. We don't make the situations that we face, we don't make the, 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 the trials and tribulations that we go through bigger than the God that we serve. We thank you that you overcome all things, that you break every chain, that you've made a way where the enemy has tried to put blockages, blockages in our way, that you've pushed those things aside, and you've made a way where everything was broken, that you've made a way in Jesus' mighty name martin name all right guys give me be seated everybody get a seat um go ahead and put the graphic up um to this morning i want to talk about strongholds now strongholds are are two different things strongholds have two different aspects of what they are so you can have a, a good stronghold and you can have a negative stronghold right so so like a good stronghold would be like you're you're in the the stronghold of god in the protection of god a stronghold literally is like a fortress around around you it surrounds you uh, um and then the the negative aspect of a stronghold of an evil stronghold would be the demonic forces around you that are surrounding you keeping you stuck from what God has for you. Uh, so I wanted to define stronghold to find it. I just a little bit, but it's a place that has been fortified so as to protect against attack. A place where it, where a particular cause or belief is strongly uh, defended and or upheld. Strongholds are designed to be safe places. So a stronghold is designed to be a safe place. But what happens when you're in a stronghold of the enemy is that you, you're, you're actually not in a safe place. It's, it's like, think about this. When you think about warfare and you think about the enemy overtaking a, a, uh, uh, a place where the, the, you know, the military has a, a place where they're, they're, they're based and thinking about the enemy coming and taking over where they're based, right? They can take over that base and occupy that base if they take over uh, the people that are already there. Right? So the enemy can, has the ability, through your agreement with him, to occupy what's supposed to be safe for you. Right? See, so God's made a safe space for us. And he's, he's created a stronghold around us, a strong tower, a refuge around us to be in Christ Jesus. But when we make agreement with the enemy, we actually give him open doors and access to the, forted, the, the fortified structure of God around us. The Bible says he, he puts a hedge of protection around you. So like God puts his protection around you, but your agreement with the enemy gives him access to your fortress, to your life, to where you're at. So we have to understand that we are not just like, uh, not just calling ourselves Christians, but we are living our life in agreement with what God said for us to have and gave us access to. I love it. Just yesterday, the other day, uh, Kevin gave me a text and he said, I was battling in Jesus and guess what? I won. Everybody gave a clap for Kevin for winning. I think that's awesome. That's all he gets. Come on, give him a little clap. That's awesome. Really? Come on. <laughs> you guys are mean. All right, well, let's give a, an actual clap, everybody in the count of three. One, two, three, clap for Kevin. Yeah. How many of you guys have ever felt stuck or ever felt like you're like you don't have a way out and you feel like maybe emotionally you're stuck, spiritually you're stuck, maybe mentally you're stuck? I know me when I do math, I get really mentally stuck. <laughs> I can't. I'm like, uh, I have no idea. Why are letters in, in, in math equations? I have no idea. It makes no sense to me. But I guess the teacher says it makes sense. I'm trying, but it ain't working, right? And so, so like, I, I think I think letters belong to words, and I think numbers belong to math. That's just how I roll. So that's just you know that's just me. But 
In, you agree? <laughs> you agree. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> okay, good. Your teachers will love me for that one. Um, so strongholds are designed to be safe places. Now, I want us to understand this is that God is a safe place. His word is a safe place. His word is a lamp unto our feet. His word gives us guidance. His word protects us. It surrounds us with the nature of who our God is. And so the, the best way to understand God is to understand him through the word. See, a lot of people try to understand through like culture, understand God through culture. They understand God through what people say. They understand God through their pastor or they understand God through their mentor. They understand God through their parents, but they don't understand God for themselves. And my goal as, as youth pastor is I don't want you to, to, uh, I, I don't want you to, to serve the God that I say he is. I want you to serve the God who you know he is through the word of God, right? Because if I ever say anything that's like off, I'm not, I don't try to. Honestly, I, I try to really be on top of like the word and like know what the word says and, and be about what the word says and say what the word says and not make it weird and not make it awkward. I try to just quote scripture and just not leave a lot of my opinions out of it. And if my opinions are, are in agreement with scripture, which is I usually try to keep them there, then that's what I'm trying to promote. Right. And so so my goal is, is not to promote my agenda, my ideas, my opinion. My my goal as pastor is to be is to be uh, um, have a structure around me. That's only the word of God. Like I live my life through the word of God. I identify with the Bible. I identify with every word that's in the text of the Bible. If I don't if I can't say that I identify with those words then I have a, I have to question my faith in Jesus because Jesus is his word. And in John chapter one, it says, and the word became flesh. Who is the word become flesh? It's Jesus. And so every word that was written in scripture was about him. So in order to call myself a Christian, that means Christ like one. I have to put my life in agreement with God's word. Right. And so that's my protection. That's my identity. That's who I am as a believer. I gave my life up to live a life in Christ. In Christ means in Christ's word. Very simple, right? The only, the only way we get outside of Christ's word is when we think we, ha we have a better idea. Who has a better idea than God? No one? Yeah, that's what I thought. Me neither. So I give all my ideas over to him, and I let him give me better ideas. I, can I get an amen? That was weak. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 <laughs> so uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5, or 3 through 5, those 3, 4, 5, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war against, against the world the way the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, are, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself above the knowledge or against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, here's the thing. When we learn things in life, we learn how to behave. We learn how to, uh, what's, what's good, what's bad. We learn through culture. We learn through family. We learn through all these different aspects or how avenues through the, our, our six-inch device in our hands. We learn how to you know, function in the world. Some of us have that thing glued to our face constantly, like my son in the background. Like we have this thing glued to us all the time, and we're always learning from this little computer in our hands, Right? How many, how many say that, that, I mean, if you have a cell phone and it has internet, you're probably on it a majority of the time. Don't lie. 
You don't got to lie to kick it. It's all good, right? And so, so like the majority of the time, we are learning from these things, and we learn to have these thoughts, and sometimes these thoughts don't align with God. And if we continue down these thoughts, they get ingrained in us. They become a, 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 like a sticking point to what we believe is true. And just because you believe it's true doesn't mean it's, it's true, right? It doesn't mean it's right, right? I could, I could, I could be like bold faced, like this is the truth. And you're like, no, bro, it ain't. <laughs> like, that's your truth. <laughs> it's not God's truth, <laughs> right? And so I, I can get off, right? And so I have to learn how to humble myself and make my truth God's truth. Right? And so, so every thought, we take thought, every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Now, Christ is his what? Is his word, right? So every thought that I have, I have to make it obedient to Christ's word, which is the Bible. <laughs> right? And so that's what I'm saying. I take, I take, like, my battle's not against you guys, my battle's not against human beings, even though they're human beings that are big jerks. We can all agree to that, right? But we're called to love our enemies, even though they may not really uh, be that, all that awesome, right? So we're called to love our enemies. How many of you guys have enemies? <laughs> He's like, I got a few. Do you love them? Do you pray for them? Not, not manipulative God fix their idiotic behavior. I'm not saying that. I'm not, like, don't pray for your brother or sister. Be like, God, they're such an idiot. <laughs> don't do that. Just, just say, Lord, I just pray right now that you show them how good you are so they can see how good you are and change their life in your presence. Right? We don't play, pray manipulative prayers because manipulative prayers are, is actually witchcraft, and I ain't playing around with that. Right? I ain't, I ain't trying to pray for people for my own good. I'm trying to pray for people for their eternal value. Amen? Amen, because all of us have that, right? Gosh, this is good preaching. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in this place right now. I got a couple hands. Woo, Jesus! <laughs> I don't know that last song got me fired up. That Brian was singing that song and it just got me pumped. Um, so we demolish every argument uh, and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that is um, obstinate to God, anything that is opposite of God, we set ourselves in agreement with God and against those things. So we have, to, we have to live our life as honor. So in spiritual warfare, strongholds are used just as much as evil as they are for, for, for protection as they are for good. It depends on whose stronghold you are in. And you choose that, right? We choose that. I choose whether I want to live a life devoted to Jesus or devoted to my selfish desires or to living my life for other people's desires for me. Right? And so I choose those things for myself. That's why we have, it's called what? Free, you know what that is? Free will. We have free will. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your will. Right? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Right? So love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Right? So your will has to be willed to love God. Your will is where your pride likes to hang out. Your will is where you decide that God is, is truth and everything else is not. Your, your pride is what the Bible says that God, God opposes the proud, right? The Bible says that pride comes before the fall. 
right? And so our pride is like a trip, a snare. Our pride is saying, I got this. I don't need God. So the same pride that Eve had when she decided to eat the fruit and says, I don't, I don't need God. I, ha- I need the knowledge of good and evil is the same pride as we take on when we say, I don't need God. I got what I'm doing. I, I desire this. This is more important to me, right? And so we have to decide what, what we believe in. So there's several different kinds, types of strongholds. You have mental strongholds. Where you could get, just get stuck in your thinking. Have you guys ever talked to a person and it's like talking to a brick wall or a rock? You're like, he is, they're not going to change. This is not happening. Like, my dad, my mom, my, my, <laughs> my brother, my sister, they're just like, mm, bullheaded, right? Like a bullheaded. What's another word for that? Strong-willed, right? They just, they just have their ways. They have their opinion. They have their thoughts. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. They're, this is what they do. This is who they are. It's not going to change, right? And so you have mental strongholds where you can't grow in your mental development, your knowledge of God, because you, you, just, you just create a, a, a solid thing that just doesn't even really honestly add up to who God is. You can have emotional strongholds. Some of those emotional strongholds happen because you're a victim of a certain situation. And that, vi- that victimness of that situation keeps you stuck in, 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 uh, in not liking the person that did whatever they did to you. So you hold them, you hold them in this place where like you're, they're, they're like moved on. They forgot about it, but you're still keeping them in the place of they offended you, they hurt you, they broke you, they did whatever they did to you, right? And so the way to break emotional strongholds is to forgive the person that hurt you. Right, and that forgiveness breaks that stronghold over your life because because unforgiveness actually creates you to be stuck in a place where you were offended, and when if you're stuck where you're offended, you can never move on from that spot. So it's you got to get you got to get past the offense, right? I I heard a guy say you can't put you can't hold an hold an hold an offense and a cross at the same time, right? You can't hold an offense and a cross at the same time, and so uh, and it was a picture of like a whole guy holding a fence. Right? The thing keeps you from getting into the other area. But if you hold the cross, you die to yourself and you can move on through. Right? And so, and I'm not taking away like what people have done to you and saying that, it, that it's not bad or it's not good or it's good or it's bad or whatever. I'm just saying that like we have to live a life where we are, are loving those around us because God loved us first. And so it's our job to love them. So, and then there's also spiritual strongholds. Spiritual strongholds can come in through, through playing with demonic things like, like Ouija boards or, or listening to demonic music or watching demonic movies. Any one of those things can create spiritual strongholds in your life. An agreement with the enemy over an agreement with God is a spiritual stronghold in your life. And you can, you can actually invite demonic spirits into your life. So the symptoms of demonic strongholds, here, here's a few symptoms. And I, I want you guys to hear these. A few symptoms are habitual sin. Habitual sin, meaning you just, you sin without thinking about it. You sin constantly. You don't, it's like not even, you don't even worry about it. You just sin like whatever, not a big deal. I don't even think about it, right? Habitual sin. Um, addictions, any kind of addiction is a stronghold in your life. I mean, people can't get past. The people that are addicted to drugs, all they can think about is getting the money, getting the drugs. All they can think about is, is, is getting alone to look at pornography. All they can think about is, is whatever they're addicted to in their life. They, all they can think about is that, and they're, it's a stronghold. It doesn't allow you to move forward. It keeps you held tightly. Um, consistent pressuring thoughts. So thoughts that like constantly hit your mind that aren't good, that aren't godly, like thoughts of suicide, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of, of fear, any one of those things. Those are all strongholds in your life, and God is, is here to break these strongholds over us. And so that he could be our stronghold. He could be our strong tower. He could be our refuge. And so these, these temptations. Um, and, uh, and you're unable to, so 
the, 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 okay, I'll, I'll, this one too. And then temptations that you're unable to withstand. So, so for example, and temptation you're unwilling to, uh, to, that you can't withstand until you actually fulfill whatever the temptation is. That's a stronghold. It means, it means it's, it's pressuring you so hard to fulfill whatever that stronghold is, whatever that sin temptation is, that, that, that it will not let up until you fulfill whatever that desire is. Whether it's you're trying to, let's say, you're trying to quit doing drugs, you're trying to quit looking at pornography, you're trying to quit uh, uh, being with a person, or you're trying to quit any one of those things that, 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 you, that, that some of us fall into, uh, those are strongholds in our life. And the enemy, when you, when you make agreement with those, you actually give the enemy access to your fortress of your life. You give, you, it's, like, it's like opening up like a side door and saying, come on in. Right? It's not the front door because the front door, you've got to make it look pretty. Front, front door, you've got to make it look Christian. The front door, you've got to make it look holy. <laughs> but that little side door when no one sees, you're like, come on in. Right? Well, no one's, no one's watching you. You're like, come on in. I'm opening this door for you. Right? And so, so that's, that's, the, that, the, that's where the enemy sneaks in where, where, where we allow him access to us. And the Bible says it's the small foxes that, that nibble at the root of the vine and kill the vine. So what does that mean? It means the small foxes nibble at the bottom of the vine until it breaks free from the root system, from the nutrients, so that it, can't, it can no longer produce anything at the end of the vine. If you break it off, it means it has no source to fulfill the rest of the vine to produce fruit or to produce what that vine is actually made to produce. Actually what happens is the vine withers up and it dies. So it's the small foxes in our life, the small sins, the little pet sins, the little like things we're addicted to that, that we let in the side door that nibble at the bottom of the vine of our life and then we can't produce the thing that God wants us to produce. Come on. This is, this is just the straight Bible, the straight understanding. Like this is how we live our life. We live our life in saying honor to God. Like I don't live my life fighting Satan. I live my life loving Jesus. Because when I love Jesus, Satan is demolished. Right? When I give my life over to him, when I submit to God, the devil's resisted. Right? And so I don't, I don't have to fight the enemy. He's, he's already lost the game. He's already lost the battle because my Jesus beat the snot out of him. Right? And so in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, everybody say, Amen. Jesus beat the snot out of Satan. <laughs> in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Here's, God does not tempt you. No one can say that because God does not tempt, right? It says this, For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted, and they are dragged away by their own evil desires. Each one of us has a desire in our flesh that's outside of God. And that temptation drives us to whatever that thing is that we want in our flesh in our sinful nature anything that's not god so so our temptation drags us away by our own evil desires and enticed then after desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when full grown gives birth to death so let me give you let me give you an example is a thought a sin if you have a thought to do a sin is that sin no, it's not. See, right there it says, take every thought captive to the mind of Christ. We said that earlier, right? Every thought, take it captive to the mind of Christ. Now, the thought is not a sin. What you do with the thought, that's when it becomes either sin or freedom. Bondage or, or, or freedom. 
right? And so we have these thoughts. These thoughts come at us. Satan whispers something in our ear. You want that, don't you? And you go take that thought and you go, nope, I take that thought captive to the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you right now. That thought is not my thought. I don't agree with that thought. That thought is from hell. I give my thoughts over to you. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are bigger than mine. I give myself over to you. The enemy has no place in here. He has no place in this home. This, this home right here, my body, this home is full of Jesus. It's not full of him. So Father, I thank you right now that my life is freedom and it's freedom in Christ Jesus, right? And so that's how you defeat the enemy. So thoughts are not sin. It's the desire and the enticement after the thought that becomes, gives birth to sin. So we have a thought. Just because you have a thought that's not, that's, that's not of God doesn't mean that you're sinning. Doesn't mean that it defines you. Doesn't mean that's your identity. Doesn't mean that's who you are. So, so many times we have these thoughts and we start to say, man, I have these thoughts again. I was tempted again. I had this thing again. Oh my gosh, again and again and again and again and again and again. And, it, and, the, and the same, here's the thing. Satan prowls around like a roaring lion. Guess what he's looking for? He's looking for your agreement. He prowls around looking and waiting for your agreement. And guess what? He is patient. So as soon as you feel weak, he pounces. <laughs> my weak, my, my, I'm made strong in God in my weakness. So as soon as I feel weak, I get alone with Jesus and say, God, I thank you. It's not about me being strong. It's about you being strong in me, God. I don't have to resist the enemy. I have to submit to you. When I submit to you, he's resisted. So if you have habitual sin in your life, if you have temptations that are constantly barraging you, these thoughts that go do this, go do this, go do this, you don't want to do that. That's too Christian. Don't be, don't be, a, don't be a square. Don't be this. Don't be that. It, like, like, like it's constantly dragging you away from the things of God. So we have this thing inside of us that's constantly dragging us away. And so our sinful desire that pulls us from God and then creates a stronghold. That stronghold is when we were first enticed and, and then, then it gave birth to desire and then that, de that desire gives birth to killing the connection that we have with God. Because it gives birth to death because we actually fulfill the sin in our life. Now, the good news is God is, is gracious to forgive, right? And so in Psalms chapter 40, uh, 144, verses 1 and 2, it says, There is only one strong, safe, and secure place for me. Everybody say, there's only one. Say, there's only one. Use your chest voice. Say, there's only one. <laughs> that was lame. There's only one strong, safe, and secure place for me. It is in God alone and I love him everybody say I love God say I love God oh my goodness he's the one who gives me strength and skill for the battle skill he gives me skill for the battle he's my shelter of love he is my fortress of faith who wraps himself around me and secures and secures me he is my shield I hide myself in this one to, in, who subdues the enemy before me. Okay, spiritual warfare. Here, I want every ear open and every eye up here. You do not defeat the enemy. He does. None of you have the power to defeat Satan on your own. I don't have the power to defeat Satan on my own. 
Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross when he died for our sins and our salvation for eternity and he said it is finished so what do I do now do I constantly go in the name of Jesus and, and I'm just being strong I'm just saying in the name of Jesus because that's what I was taught I don't really believe it I'm just saying it because I thought those were like magic words like abracadabra like I don't really know like I'm just trying to figure this thing out and so so like I'm just saying it because I heard other people say it but no like I'm telling you this I don't go in front of my enemy in my name. I go in the name of Jesus. I understand that my life is no longer mine, but it's his. Right? And saying in the name of Jesus is not just a phrase, but it's how you live your life. My life is covered, embraced, wrapped around, surrounded in a fortress, fortitude, strong tower inside of Christ Jesus. It's the abiding nature of Christ Jesus. So three ways that we stay connected to Christ in his stronghold, in, his, in his, his, the strength of his hand. Um, the three ways. First is connection. Connection. How do you connect to Jesus? How do you connect to Jesus? So in John 15, it says that he's the, he's the vine and I'm the branch. Connected to him, I'll bear much fruit or I'll do many things. But disconnected to him, I can do nothing. Right, And so, so I understand that almost the source of who I am and my connection to Jesus actually produces the fruit of Jesus, which is the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the goodness, the kindness, the gentleness, and the self-control. All the fruit of the Spirit is produced in my life when I stay connected to Him. And so I can't disconnect. Once I, how do I, how do, what does disconnecting look like? It looks like this. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then I'm going to go home, and then my friends are hanging out, and they're all like hanging out and cussing, and, and, and maybe they're smoking some cigarettes or whatever else they're smoking, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try a little of that. Or, or maybe, they're, maybe they're looking at something on their phone that I shouldn't be looking at, and then I'm going to go look at that. So now I just disconnected from the vine and put my, my trust in something else. So we are called to stay connected to Jesus. So when temptation comes, you go... Oh, now there's death in that. I don't want none of that. And you stay connected to Him. See, I don't. My battle is not my own. It's in Christ Jesus fought it for me. So my battle is not against flesh and blood. My battle is not against the people that are doing all those dumb things. My battle is not against people. I love those people because Jesus loves those people. My battle is not against flesh and blood. My battle is against principalities and powers of the air, the demonic forces that try to create a stronghold around me to get me disconnected from the one I'm supposed to stay connected to, Jesus. John 15. Dependency. Stay, stay dependent upon Him and understanding that we are powerless if we disconnect from Him, uh, the vine. In, in, in the, 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 oh, it says this, in, from him, the branch depends on the vine. I am dependent on the vine, Jesus, to produce his life through me. I cannot produce the life of Jesus without staying connected to him. I can't be connected to 15 different sources as, as a source of life, emotional stability, spiritual stability. I can't be connected to all those things and expect God's life to be produced through me. It's going to produce a lot of confusion. Right? An apple tree is only connected to its own root system. If I take an apple tree and I, and I try to like crossbreed it, you come out with some weird thing that might give you a third armpit in the middle of your back. I don't know. Right? Like, you, you, like you start eating weird fruit like that's all gen, uh, genetically modified and you're like all of a sudden you got like three eyes and you don't even know what's going on. Right? 
And it's, I don't know, okay, whatever. I thought it was funny, but it's not, I guess it's not. <laughs> so you want to stay dependent on him. The branch is dependent on the vine, right? And so we're dependent on Christ to produce his fruit in our life. And then continuance. We go on trusting that we keep on depending, that we never stop believing to abide, to abide in Jesus, to persevere in, in Jesus and in, in, in his teachings. Perfect. Thank you, Jesus. So this is what Jesus is talking about. So we, so we, so the the three things you want to, you want to uh, be connected to Jesus, dependent on Him, and and continuance, staying connected continuously. You just always, always staying connected. Everything you do, the Bible says, in all you do, do it as unto the Lord. I'm sorry, man. You know I can't go sin unto the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to look at me like I'm crazy. Right? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> it's just my thoughts. I just go like that. That's what I think about in my head. I'm like, nope, you're right. I'm not doing that. I, I, I don't know. I, like, when God talks to me, sometimes it's, it, sounds, it sounds a lot like, like either my parents or like my own voice. Like, sometimes I go to do something and I hear, Really? <laughs> That's what you want to do? No. <laughs> right? And, and, and I, I want you guys to understand that, that voice, it's not like some like audible voice. Hey, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> it's that still small voice inside your heart that says, mm. that little check in your heart says, no, maybe not. And, and then here's the thing. If you're, if you're just going and doing sinful acts and you don't even care, you might want to check, like, God, soften my heart. Grant me the, the, the spirit of repentance, right? And so, so God wants to, to give us this, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. And so it says so this, in, uh, so this, is, this is what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about abiding in him. In John 8, 31, 32, you guys have heard me quote this quite a bit. It says, if you abide in, the, in my world, you are truly my disciple, and you will know my truth, and my truth will set you free. See, how do we get out of evil strongholds and into godly strongholds as a refuge? See, Jesus said, if you abide in my word. What does abide mean? It means staying into his word, right? We're staying in his word. We're staying in his truth. We're staying in who he says we are. We're not getting outside of that. We're not trying to, trying to do our own thing outside of God. Like in all we do, we do it as unto the Lord. We are constantly pursuing God with our heart, in, our, in the, the motivation of our soul, saying, I want Jesus more than anything else. If we find sometimes in, that our heart's divided, that we're looking for other things, that we're looking for, for, for uh, uh, ways to go do this or go do that, or we're looking for ways to sin, we might have a stronghold in our heart that's not of God. And God wants to demolish every stronghold, tear down every thought that elevates itself above God. He wants us to see that his way is the only way. And just because you have a thought doesn't mean that you're, that you're, you're defined by that thought. It doesn't mean that you're that horrible sinner that the enemy wants to keep telling you that you are. You're made new in him. See, I don't wake up trying not to be a horrible person. I wake up knowing that I'm Jesus' son. I wake up knowing that I'm loved by him. 
I wake up knowing that, that he has made a way and made a way, a way through that I can never ex- uh, experience on my own. That God is always pursuing a, a relationship with me. Go ahead and start that song. God is always pursuing relationship with me. Uh, turn it down just a little bit too. I don't want it too loud. Um, God is always pursuing relationship with me. He, he wants to abide. He wants me to abide in his word. So abiding looks like this. So if you have like a big ocean and you have a boat in the middle of the ocean. Well, a person is in that boat. And while they're in that boat, they're actually abiding in the boat. But they're in this big ocean. See, we're in this big world, right? We're in this big world. It could look like a crazy, scary ocean. Lots of sharks. Lots of like stingrays. Lots of just crazy things. Big whales that look like they want to eat you. All these things are around us. But God says, abide in the boat. Abide in Christ Jesus. When we sit inside in that, in that boat, we don't have to struggle to swim. We don't have to struggle to paddle. All we have to do is sit inside the boat and we're safe in the boat. So Jesus wants us to do this. When the world is going crazy around us, to abide in Him. When temptation comes, abide in Him. When, when, when strongholds come and try to enter into your house or enter into your life or enter into who, you, who, 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 who Satan is trying to say you are, when strongholds are trying to come in, all you do is you abide in Jesus. I don't have to fight the enemy. I don't have to get angry. <laughs> and, ah, ah, I bind you, Satan. Ah, I don't have to do none of that. Like, we just waste so much energy. The, the enemy is, listen, listen to me, hear me out. The enemy has already been defeated. He's trying to get you to agree that he hasn't been. And by you agreeing with him and fulfilling what he's asking you to do in your temptation, you're giving him life in your life. And that, that life that you give to him produces death in you. Because it disconnects you from the vine, the source of your life. And you can no longer abide in Christ, but now you're abiding in your sinful, fleshly desires. So this morning, we're going to pray that God cuts off these strongholds in our life. And we're going to take refuge in Christ Jesus. In 2 Timothy 2, uh, verses 2, chapter, 2, chapter 2, verses 25 and 26, it says, Then with meekness you'll be able to con- carefully enlighten those who argue with you so that they can see God's gracious gift of repentance. Everybody say repentance is a gift. Repentance is a gift. And be brought to the truth. What does the truth do? The truth sets you free. Free from what? Free from strongholds of the enemy. When you set your life soundly in the truth of God, it brings freedom to your life and the strongholds the enemy tries to put on you are broken off because the truth has set you free. And that truth becomes your stronghold in Christ Jesus that it's impenetrable by the enemy because you choose not to believe him, but you choose to believe God. Your guys' biggest place of warfare is between your ears. My biggest place of warfare is between my ears, my thoughts, my emotions, all the things that, that in my will, my soul is my biggest enemy to God. So I have to submit my soul to Jesus, my mind, my will, and my emotions, all of those. I'm not saying don't have feelings. I'm saying submit them to God. I'm not saying have a will. I'm saying submit your will to God. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
Every bit of you loves Jesus. I withhold nothing from you, God. Even my failures, I give them all to you. Even the places I struggle, I give them to you. I honor you. I live for you. Like the enemy, you have no place in me. Like this is the temple of God. You have no rooms in this house. This house is filled with Jesus. Get out. <laughs> all right, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Then with meekness, you'll be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so they can see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought to the truth. With truth brings freedom. This will cause them to rediscover themselves. Rediscover themselves, which means what? Be born again in Christ Jesus, John chapter 3. So be born again. You must be born again in the spirit of your mind and, and escape from the snare of Satan who caught them up in his trap so that they who who uh so that they would careful they would carry out the purpose his purposes escape from the snare of satan who caught them in his trap so they would carry out his purposes satan is trying to trap you in his stronghold to carry out his purposes and we demolish every stronghold or every thought that elevates itself or sets itself in opposite of God so that we can be, uh, we can be in, in Christ Jesus, abide in Him. So what the enemy meant for evil, God turns around and makes for His good and His glory. Where Satan is trying to tempt you, where the enemy is trying to break you, where the enemy is trying to tear you down, God is flipping that around, flipping the script so that you can rest in the goodness of God and know that your life is freedom. Where your worst failure is, is where your greatest success starts. Which the enemy tries to break you, tries to destroy you. I'm telling you right now, I, I can't tell you how many young men have been freed from pornography because of the, the, the work that God has done in my heart. I can't tell you how many people have been freed from the things that, that, that I have struggled with. Because I used what the enemy meant for evil and I turned it around for God's good and God's glory. I'm telling you right now, don't feel horrible. Feel blessed. Don't feel bad. Feel like God loves you. Don't feel like you're a failure. Feel like God is your greatest success. This morning, we're going to break out strongholds. I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would reveal any stronghold in your life, any area like I described earlier, thoughts, sins, addictions, any one of those things. And even right now, you guys are probably already thinking of them. So right now, I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, Reveal the strongholds in our hearts right now in Jesus' mighty name. Now whatever that th thought was that popped in your head, a stronghold that popped in your head, just say this with me. Say in the name of Jesus, I submit my heart to God. God, you are my defender. And I take that stronghold captive to the Word of God, which is Christ Jesus. And Jesus, you have set me free from every stronghold that's not of you. Say this with me. Say, I abide in Christ Jesus. He is my stronghold. He is my refuge. He is my strong tower. Father, this morning, I thank you for every student in this room. 
I thank you that they're finding their way to abide in you. They're finding their way to rest in you. They rest in the finished work of Christ Jesus. This morning that every stronghold that tries to wrap itself around each student right now by the blood of Jesus and the power and the authority of Christ Jesus, we demolish every stronghold that's trying to elevate itself above the Word of God. We take authority over everything that's trying to, to, to be obstinate to who God says we are. We thank you, God, that to this morning that you are making a way where there was no way. That you're making every mountain flat and every valley level and any obstacle that gets in the way, you're moving it to the side. That you've made a way where there was no way. Way. There is sin in our life. There is destruction in our life. There's pressuring thoughts trying to define us. And this morning we cast off every work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we stand in the presence of God and we say, Thank you, Jesus, for freedom. Thank you that who the Son sets free is free indeed. I thank you that my freedom is not in my ability to resist. My freedom is in Christ Jesus. I thank you that I, I don't lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways I trust in you. I, I lean into you. I, I give all my understanding to you. I don't want to understand my way, but I want to understand your way. And this morning, I thank you for each student. Well, I'm praying over them right now. I'm just prophesying your will over them right now. I just thank you for, for uh, divine ideas. I thank you for divine strategies from heaven. I thank you for divine purposes. I thank you for divine dreams in the name of Jesus. I thank you for, for hearts that are burning for the, the, the presence of God. I thank you for hearts that desire Jesus more than desire anything else. I thank you that, that your, your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. So we just lean not on us. We lean on you. I thank you, Lord, this morning that you're making a way where there was no way. God, I ask you that you, you just rain your love over them right now. Guys, just put your hands out in front of you. Holy Spirit, just fill them right now. Jesus name fill them with your pre your presence fill them with your presence God fill them with your Holy Spirit overwhelm God every stronghold is broken in the name of Jesus every stronghold is broken in the name of Jesus I pray for the compassion of Jesus to be on them so yeah I feel the presence of God moving thank you Lord just wash over them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Wash over them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your presence, God. Wash their hearts, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus.